Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Cincy 360. 60 minutes, one topic, every angle, all local. Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. Come on. There's a handoff up the middle and a big gain for Joe Mixon as he zigzags down to the 22-yard line for a 19-yard pickup. Second down and five, 348 to go. Now the Bengals line up in an I formation. They are within field goal range now, thanks to the penalty. Dalton hands off oh. to Mixon, finds a hole up the middle. He'll go up and over 100 yards, and he makes it down to the 11-yard line for a 14-yard gain. Peppers makes the tackle, and Joe Mixon has his first career 100-yard rushing performance in the National Football League. On first down, here's a pitch to the left. Mixon down to the five, fighting for the goal line. Touchdown! Bengals as Mixon takes it the final 11 yards and begins a dance in the back of the end zone. That should be Coffin Nails. Bam, bam, bam. That's Dan Hoare, Dave Lapham <laughs> on the call. Coffin Nails. The Bengals get their fifth victory of the season. This is Cincy 360 with James and Mo. It's good to have you back. It's good to be here. It's good to have you back, and Kinda. it's good that the Bengals are still in the hunt. Who would have thought that? starting in December, that they would have been in the hunt after starting 0-3. When I left uh, you, when I left the country, the Bengals were 3-6. and six. They had just lost to the Tennessee Titans, and they were seemingly going nowhere. Since then, they've done what I guess you're supposed to do, which is beat two bad teams. And now, here they are. Who would have thought? I mean, look, they started 0-3, okay? 0-3, we were begging, begging. Look, just get to December and play meaningful football. They were 3-6 and six two weeks ago. Yeah. We're begging, look. Just figure out a way to go to Denver and win. Figure out a way to go to Cleveland and win if you're, if you're, or, or to have Cleveland come here and win. If you're not going to turn the team over to A.J. McCarron, if you're not going to turn the page the next year, give me meaningful football in December, and for at least one Monday in December, we will have meaningful football. We will football. have meaningful football. Yeah. And it's great. And it's funny because a lot of us have, once they beat Denver, we looked at the schedule and said, well, Cleveland's a win. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's season on the line against Pittsburgh on Monday night. And because of the AFC and where it's at, and the Bengals are just one game out of the wild card, you look at it and you say, well, they have a shot. The one thing they were missing all season was a running game. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's such a, an important, especially in December, yeah. especially on a team that only has A.J. Green and no other reliable t- uh, target or option in the passing game. And they finally had one yesterday. Joe Mixon did what I think we all realized he could do, ran for 100-plus, and he was great. And say what you want about the Browns. They're bad, but the one thing they've been good at all year is stopping the run. You really can't run it effectively against them. And the Bengals not only did that with Joe Mixon, who was fantastic yesterday, they controlled the line of scrimmage, which is not something we've said about the Bengals' offensive line much this year. Cedric Olehi was okay. He was confident. Russell Bodine was okay. They protected Andy Dalton, but more importantly, it just felt like they dominated in a game that it was really hard to say the Bengals dominated, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, their defense was was okay. They took advantage of some penalties. They had a touchdown taken away, but they dominated up front now. 
the question moving forward is how does that translate to success against Pittsburgh, Minnesota, teams like that. But here we are, you know, it's, it's, it, here we are, and we're going to do it all week long, and we're going to talk ourselves into, well, you know, if they can just beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, but you couldn't do that if they didn't beat the Browns, and they were able to do that yesterday. Yeah, they were, and to me, that's about all you can ask for. Look, th- this team got its, its ass kicked against Jacksonville. I witnessed it firsthand, yeah. and then lost on, on, in the last seconds to Tennessee. They could have closed up shop. They could have went to Denver and lost, and I know a lot of the reason they won was because of Brock Osweiler. Mm-hmm. And then the team that they played le- uh, yesterday was the team that's paying Brock Osweiler his contract <laughs> this year. But still, two wins. They're five and six. The Steelers look a little vulnerable. I mean, you could see them beating Detroit if you look at the schedule. Detroit, Chicago are winnable games at home. They have a chance. You're trying. You're trying. They have a You're chance. Trying. Now, I'm not saying. You're trying. I'm just glad. Honestly, trying. Mo, I'm glad we're not talking about NFL draft. Oh, the last you thing, and me both. I love the draft. I don't want to talk about it for 150 days. Look, I'm glad we, <laughs> I'm glad we, are, we aren't where we were a year ago, which is they lost to the Bills, I think, on November the 20th last year. Mm-hmm. And that was the game where A.J. Green got carted off. Uh, Giovanni Bernard, we found out afterward, had, had injured his knee. And you, you thought, okay, A, because of the record, B, because now without those guys. In addition to all the other guys they didn't have, season's over. Mm-hmm. And the final five, six weeks were a formality. And that just took forever because it was a death march to, okay, now the off season, right? Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so we have a game a week from tonight that is very, very big. It is. That is, is, is very, very big in the mechanical sense, but I think is also big from the standpoint of getting, you know, holdovers, maybe like me, to buy in. Because when I see a team, when I look at the Bengals, I go, okay, I see five wins. I see five wins that have all come against bad teams. And I'm sorry, Bills Mafia, your team's bad. They've beaten the 6-5 and five Bills. If you include them, the combined win-loss uh, total of the five teams the Bengals have beaten, if I, if I, if I count the, the Browns twice, is 12-43. and 43. So, yeah, you've done a very good job of staying in the race because you've been able to beat the NFL's Drek. Unfortunately, there's not many more Indianapolises and Denvers and Clevelands in front of you. We know they have the Chicago Bears, but that's sandwiched around games against teams that either have winning records or have already beaten you this year. Yeah, and last week I said it. I looked at the division. They, they had played three division games up until yesterday. They were one and two. You've got to somehow finish four and two in the division. That, that's how you – because if you see that – got to finish nine and seven. Correct. However they get there, they got to win four of their last five. But, th- but do you see them losing to Pittsburgh and then somehow winning four straight? No. No. You know? I, but so. for, for to me, it's, you, you have to figure out a way to win four out of five, which would mean this team, this team ends the season winning six out of seven, which would be remarkable. So we'll make it all about Monday and the Pittsburgh Steelers, and, and it's obviously a huge game. To me, it's about that number. The number is nine. Get to nine. I think nine wins – they have a tiebreaker ahead of Buffalo. Uh, they would lose the tiebreaker to Tennessee and Jacksonville. We'll see about Baltimore. Um, they would lose a tiebreaker for whatever it's worth to uh, to Houston. Get to nine wins because at eight and eight, I have a hard time imagining this team does what it needs to do to win. So get to nine wins. Tell me how this team that has two division leaders in front of it, a Detroit team that's capable has kind of fallen back to earth, but is capable, a Baltimore team that beat them once, and then the Bears, who by the way have had their way against AFC North opponents this year. Oh, God. Tell me how they get to nine wins. Could you imagine? This is about beating the Steelers, but it's, it's more about, to me, getting to nine victories. Because even yeah. if they beat Pittsburgh, then, okay, you got to win three out of four. Do we trust this team to do that against the opponents they have in front of them? I think that's, that's where the Pittsburgh game comes in. Because if they beat the, the team that's sitting there at the top of the AFC with New England, 
at home, a team that always beats them. It, it just seems, honestly, Pittsburgh does to, to the Bengals what the Bengals do to the Browns. Yeah. So right now we're Cleveland and saying, so you're telling me there's a chance the Browns just have to beat the Bengals. Like, mm-hmm. it's the same type of, of scenario. But if they did that somehow, then you got Chicago. Then you got Detroit at home. Those seem like winnable games if you can beat Pittsburgh at home. Well, they're winnable games regardless of what yeah. happens against Pittsburgh. I could see them beating Detroit. I could see each of those things happening. I, could, I can't see all of them happening to the extent that we need them to. Now, again, beat Pittsburgh, and arguably the hardest game on their schedule is behind them with a win. Yeah. Um, you know, you and I have been here for the last hour and a half or so, and, and we, we, we've been talking about this off the air, and somebody said to us, well, how bad are they going to lose on Monday? I mean, you know, we have a week to talk about this game. They're not going to get blown out. They typically don't get blown out against the Steelers. And by the way, Pittsburgh, and you saw it again last night, they really play to the level of their competition. And that's so cliche, but uh, a kick at the gun to beat Brett Hundley and the Packers last night, a kick at the gun to beat Jacoby Brissett and the Colts a couple of weeks ago. They allowed the Bengals to kind of hang around that game. They've lost to Chicago. They were blown out by a Jacksonville team that I think would be really good if they had competent quarterback play, but still blown out. So they have this year kind of played to the level of their competition. At the same time, you know, I was watching Sunday Night Football last night, and, uh, and Tony Dungy and Rodney Harrison were talking about Mike Tomlin's comments about that Week 15 game against Foxborough, and they were wondering, okay, are they going to be overlooking people? The Pittsburgh Steelers never overlook the Cincinnati Bengals. They invite this game. They welcome this game, and I think they're going to give Cincinnati uh, their best effort a week from tonight. He's, uh, this is Cincy 360. He's Mo back. Not tan, by the way. After all my tan comments. Not really not tan. tan. No, not a, I, I burn. How'd you, you got back for Thanksgiving. How was your Thanksgiving? It was delightful. Yours? Good. 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 I ate a lot. You did too. Still feeling it. Okay, good. Yeah. He's Mo. I'm James at Cincy 360. Andy Dalton talked after the game. He said, what's important this time of year for this December run? Pretty simple. Win. You got to keep winning. It's, it's all we can worry about. We'll worry about this next week. And, um, you know. We gotta, we just gotta keep winning. That's that's all that it comes down to. So, obviously, we know where we stand. We know the the opportunity that we have in front of us, and so gotta keep playing well and uh, you know winning. <laughs> now, I know that wasn't, and this isn't a making fun of Andy segment. This is why I wanted to play that because there's a key, and this is courtesy of of John Breach, Breach, uh, John Breach, CBS Sports. When the Bengals run for 150 plus yards as a team mm-hmm. in Andy Dalton's career. All they do is win. Mm-hmm. They're 21-2 since they drafted him when they run for 150 yards. Right. Only time they've done it this year. Right. Might be the only time they did it was, it was yesterday. There, there's the key number. Yep. Yesterday was the outlier because they were playing the outlier team. Yeah. The Cleveland Browns are an outlier. They're the only team that hasn't won a game. So they're the outlier team. <laughs> but they're again, good against the run. They're, they're okay against the run. They're yeah. good against the run. I, 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 fine. But that was the outlier. Mm-hmm. It took them 11 games to run the football that effectively. When it's taken you that long to do that, I can't count on it against big boy football teams. So, you know, do it a week from tonight. Do it against the Steelers when you're probably going to have to. Um, then, all right, we'll talk. But at least we're doing this. Because the fun part, if you're an NFL fan, and I, I admit – Last night, I spent way too much time on this site. The New York Times has a playoff calculator. Oh, man. Where you can choose any team, and they simulate the entire season. And you can choose any team, and then you, all right, so I click on, like, right now, right now, according. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. To uh, the New York Times. If you simulated every conceivable scenario, yeah. the Bengals make the playoffs 8% of the time. Oh, but now, so, that's so, not good. Like, see what happens if the Bengals win against the Steelers. Okay, so I'll, I'll click Bengals beat Steelers. Now, suddenly, they make the playoffs in 17% of scenarios. That's We're it? getting better. It's only 9%. But, obviously, there's a game tonight. So then I, I click on what would happen if Baltimore beats Houston tonight or what would happen... I spent maybe 90 minutes on this That's last night. That's interesting. Yeah. So I didn't know that was there. That's what, like the NBA trade machine. Oh, it is. It's, 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 they actually call it the, uh, the playoff machine. I spent way too much time on this. At least we're doing it. Yes. Like, at least now we're watching the league going, okay, well, you know what? If, if Kansas City can beat Buffalo, okay, well, that didn't happen. And I'm watching the game on, on Thanksgiving, Dallas and, and Los Angeles, and I'm rooting for the Cowboys because at least we're there. At least That's the fun part of the league. Yes. At least we're there. They've played themselves in a position by beating awful teams that were there. And so if they can beat Pittsburgh, we're still going to be there. We're still going to do the thing. We're wondering, okay, this uh, the Jets, they're playing uh, the, the Raiders. I don't know if they play each other. Uh, how does this game factor into what they're doing? That's the fun part. It's obviously a lot more fun if you're a New England fan and your team's running away with it or if you're a Pittsburgh fan and your team's running away with it. But at least we're doing the, all right, how does this game affect the Bengals' chances? At least I'm on the playoff machine instead of listening to people tell me who the Bengals should draft. Yeah, I, I agree. And. So they have, pit, without looking, Pittsburgh and then Chicago at home, correct? Uh-huh. So minimum, bare minimum, they should split those games. I would, would like to think so, yeah. they could beat Chicago at home. Right. So they will be in the hunt then for the next three weeks. Uh, in the hunt. Conceivably, yeah. Because they're five and six, even if they lost to Pittsburgh, five and seven. Beat Chicago, you're six and seven. You will still be on the screen that Sunday night when Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels roll out the, the playoff projections in the AFC, you'll still be in the hunt. You wouldn't have a wild card spot at six and seven. Yeah, but I mean, but you'd be in the hunt. So what, what happens though? Cause the team I like is, is the chargers for a couple of different reasons. Defense is very good. Pass rush. Forgivable schedule. They play Cleveland this week. They rush the passer reliable at times. Very good. Still quarterback. Phillip rivers was very good on Thanksgiving. That's running the team game. I worry about running game. You still trail Buffalo by the end of tonight. I still think you're going to trail Baltimore. Um, you know, Kansas City is is falling back to the pack. That division is 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 going to be interesting to watch. It's still really really crowded. Yeah. So so again, I just get to nine wins. Yeah. Get get to nine, nine wins. wins in your probably in. I think if they win nine games, they're going to be in. So but if you be can in the hunt, can you convince me? Yeah. That in their final five games, they can win four times against three teams that right now have winning records, mm-hmm. uh, against the division foe that whacked them, that shut them out, and the Chicago Bears. Who've played very well against the AFC North. Yeah. How they, do you win four out of five? They have. By the way, j- just looking at, at Minnesota, looking ahead a little bit, mm-hmm. Marvin Lewis has never lost to a, a former assistant. And I know this That's it's true. never been under this scenario. That's he true. tied with Jay Gruden, but outside of that, he's beaten him every single time. That streak could be broken in a couple so weeks. So this year they've beaten Tyrod Taylor, Deshaun Kaiser, yeah. Jacoby Brissett, Brock Osweiler. So now they have Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. Mitchell Trubisky, okay. Uh, Case Keenum, Case Keenum, who's, Case Keenum, who's closer to the guys they've beaten than Ben Roethlisberger. 
Uh, I know he's playing well. He's playing great, but you're right. Um, Matthew Stafford and Joe Flacco. Mm -hmm. So against that quintet of quarterbacks, can they win four out of five? Again, we're going to make it all about the Pittsburgh game, and people are going to say, okay, well, you know, beat the Steelers and I'm on board. Uh, Fine, great. That's a huge, huge take. That would take them a huge step towards making the playoffs. Does this team that hasn't had a good offensive line all year, that is limited at quarterback, uh, that hasn't run the football except for yesterday all season long, and that doesn't have a defense that makes a lot of big plays, can they win four out of five? If they can, Marvin Lewis has done his best coaching job. And we're going to discuss that as we roll on. He's Mo. I'm James. This is Cincy 360, the five and six Bengals. Well, they're the topic. We're going to get into Marvin Lewis as well next on Cincy 360. 60 minutes, one topic, every angle, all local. This is Cincy 360. Segment two on ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. Cincy 360 rules on. I'm James Erpine. He's Mo Egger. Great to have you in on a Monday. Mo isn't tan, but he's back from vacation. So are him and Tony. <laughs> you know, I was today working. at 303. I keep calling it vacation I was though, because I don't think it counts. I was, I, I, know. I was working. Te- I turned in an expense report. Uh, I was working. I was at the game. I, I you Technically, know. you were working. I was working. It was a working How trip. How many game I hours were there? I didn't. Six, I didn't nine? go on Expedia and book a, a flight no. and a hotel. No, I didn't bring the family the with beauty. me. It was work. It was work. work. I was working really hard. I was working. Went to practice. I watched practice. Oh, man. That's you know, that's like a dream for you. I did a couple of interviews out there. You would have done that if you were on vacation. Oh, yeah, the Bearcats are practicing. I'm yeah, going to go check kinda, them out. It's kind of tough. <laughs> He's Mo. I'm James. This is Cincy 360. We'll discuss uh, Bengals later today on ESPN 1530 with Tony Pike as well at 303. But, Mo, I did this uh, last week when I was filling in for you, and I got a lot of pushback because yeah. I think fans think it's a foregone conclusion, just already done since he doesn't have a contract for next year, that Marvin Lewis won't be the head coach. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's the case. Like, I think there's a path, and that's what I want to ask you. Do you see a scenario, whether it's winning against Pittsburgh, whether it's making the playoffs, whatever it may be, outside of winning the Super Bowl, because I don't think that's a realistic expectation or something crazy like that, a path where Marvin Lewis is the coach in 2018? Sure, of course. I mean, the, the, uh, first of all, he's, he's under contract right now. They haven't fired him yet, and they've never decided to move on from him because he didn't win a playoff game. Yeah. Um, there's a very good chance this team finishes with a better record than last year. And again, you know, that, that, that might not be, you might go, well, big deal. They were six, nine and one last season. Well, if, if, if you're like me, you looked at this team at the beginning of the year and you didn't see a playoff team, you just hope for improvement. Well, finishing eight and eight would mark improvement mm-hmm. in, in a sense. And so, yeah, there's a path. I still think that the likelihood is that he's not here because I think it's going to, it's going to require, I think it's going to require something extreme. Mm-hmm. I think finishing nine and seven would be something extreme sure. for a team that was three and six, for a team that was zero and three, for a team that has what they have in front of them. I think that would be something oh extreme. Zero and three—that means you finish nine and four. Yeah, that's that's a damn good record. Right, you know? exactly. And um, you will have done it if, if if we're talking about right now. We're talking about whether this team has a chance to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. If they get in the playoffs, or if they finish. If they finish 9-7, and seven, regardless of what happens around them, it, doesn't that represent Marvin's best coaching job? Or one of them. I mean, we're talking about a team that lost its two best offensive linemen, that has an offensive line that's incompetent and has been for a lot of the year. Mm-hmm. That, is that Marvin's fault? It, was it his fault no. that they didn't pay no. Andrew Whitworth or Kevin Zeitler? Uh, was it, is it his fault that they haven't been able to run the ball because of it? 
We know no. Andy Dalton needs a running game. We know Andy Dalton needs a lot. Like, he does, and so do most quarterbacks. So, and this is what I did last week. Like, the front office has, has got draft picks wrong mm-hmm. in recent years. I think their, their last draft in, in April was one of their best ones, and you're seeing it contrib- all the contributors from Mixon to Lawson to Willis. I mean, they all contributed yesterday as well, Ryan Glasgow. So, to me, I don't think it's a conclusion either way, but I think fans already think he's gone. And I, I just I want to prepare him because there's a chance that Marvin's back next season, especially with this team. Let's be honest. They were three and six. They're still fighting. Mm-hmm. Now they're five and six, and they're going to be relevant for the next couple of weeks minimum. Now, yeah, now, now the, the devil's advocate's going to say, did Marvin Lewis draw up the schedule? Because if so, what great scheduling by the head coach? Well, he didn't. And again, where they are is in large part, I hate to keep coming back to this, where they are right now is in large part due to the fact that the schedule has given them the Cleveland Browns twice. The Indianapolis Colts. Mm-hmm. It's given them uh, the Buffalo Bills, who I'm sorry, I, I just don't think are, <laughs> are are that good. It's given them the Denver Broncos, who were three and one and have lost, you know, what uh, Six straight. seven straight now. Seven so straight. yeah, they lost last. That's that's so wait, firing their offensive coordinator didn't solve their quarterback firing uh, Mike McCoy didn't do the job. Oh. So so now moving forward, this team has to do what it hasn't done all year long. They're one in four this season as an underdog. Mm-hmm. All right, they're going to be a dog this week against Pittsburgh. Yep, I haven't even seen the number, but they're going to be an underdog oh, this sure. week against At Pittsburgh. Home. Favorites against Chicago, underdog at Minnesota, somewhere to maybe a point favorite to a point underdog against Detroit. I'm going to guess maybe they, they give a point. Mm-hmm. So slight home favorite, yeah. underdog at Baltimore. So they're going to be underdogs in three games. Like, go where Vegas tells you. And that's what, that's what happens. When you start 0-3, when you, start, when you get to 3-6, and you've got to win games that you shouldn't win. Right. That you're not supposed to win. But Marvin has that opportunity. This team does have that opportunity. Yeah, you just t- typically Marvin and the Bengals aren't a great bet when they're dogs. Mm-hmm. Okay, but well, there's a lot of teams and a lot of coaches you could say that about. But look, you and I both know that for a lot of people, nothing shy of advancement in the postseason is going to satisfy them when it comes to Marvin Lewis. And even if he did break through and get a, with this team, get a playoff victory, they're just going to move the goal line. They're just going to say, well, but he hasn't played in a conference championship game, or well, but he hasn't won a Super Bowl, or man, every 15 years you ought to win a playoff game. For so many people, they've made it about, do they win a playoff game? And you and I talked about this back during the summer, back when we used to have a podcast. Uh, we, we, I said, can you really hold him to the standard of win a playoff game if he doesn't have a second weekend of the playoff team? I didn't believe at the beginning of the year that he had a team that was good enough to go to the second round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I can't use that as the standard. So at the beginning of the year, I said, to me, it's not about a win-loss total. It's not about a number. It's about how I feel about the direction of the team, how I feel about whether he's the proper caretaker for all these young guys. Which, By the way, the John Ross thing kind of flies in the face of that. Oh. How I feel about the overall tenor and Why tone bring that up? and feel and vibe of the organization Thank under this God. head coach. <laughs> And, and right now, it's, it's, it's really hard for me. Like, we're in this business where we're supposed to take a side either way. It's really hard for me to say that, well, boy, the, the team is in great hands with Marvin Lewis. It's also really hard for me to say that the team would be in better hands with someone else. Exactly. And that's where I'm at. This is Cincy 360 with, with Mo and James. The interesting thing to me, Mo. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What if you could have a career? where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers is in 15 he wins 12 games with the, with its best roster they probably ever had top to bottom mm-hmm. during his tenure. We know about all, and I'm not going to go through it. I, I went through it. The, the podcast is on the blog at ESPN1530.com slash James. Listen to it at one. But they've lost all these all these guys. Mm-hmm. All of this talent from Mohamed Sanu who's throwing touchdown passes to Marvin Jones who's lighting it up on Thanksgiving. To the coordinators. To Andrew Whitworth, to Hugh Jackson, to, to J, uh, Jay Gruden. Yes, Mike Zimmer. All of this has changed. They've tried to replace Marvin Jones and Muhammad Sanu with four draft picks. One of them, the, the most premium pick, they still can't get him on the field. <laughs> and, and you're blaming Marvin Lewis for that when it's the front office who decided to let those guys go or, or didn't offer them enough money, whatever the case may be why they're not here, and, and made the picks that he has to work with. Like To me, that's what I, I look at. It's clearly not as talented as it was, so why would we expect the same results? Yeah, uh, they suffered attrition. Find me a team in the NFL. Look, at the Pittsburgh Steelers suffered attrition from when they went to the Super Bowl in 2010 to when they got good again a couple of years ago. There was attrition. They were rebuilding the team, right? Yep. Offensive line for a while wasn't very good. All those familiar names on defense from Troy Palomalo to Lamar Woodley to Brett Kiesel all went away. And now it's taken them some time. And now they have a, a pretty good defense. And now they're back where you expect the Pittsburgh Steelers to be. So the Bengals are, are going through that. What Marvin Lewis is a victim of are the is the time, is the time he's put in. Yeah. He hasn't built up, he's built up enough equity for the Bengals, for the people who he works for. He hasn't built up enough equity for, for, for fans. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I get it, I understand it. And then... Oh, the, I get it too. Right, I, I, I understand it. But I'm just saying, if we're now going to start talking about this team in playoff terms, that to me would represent him overachieving. Yeah. Which Marvin, as a team, the Bengals have done that often. 2011, 2003... I would argue I have before 2014. 2009. 2009. Yeah, maybe the best example. If, if this team gets to where now we're talking about them having at least a possibility of going, that represents his best coaching job. Do you let a coach get away who just did his best work? It's a question. Yeah, I don't know. Now, I, I, I brought up the underdog thing, and, and, and during the break, because I was just interested, I, I looked this up. So the Bengals the last three seasons, this includes 2015 when they were really good. They are 4-12 and 12 as underdogs. Holman Road. It's worth pointing out, uh, 2014, they were underdogs nine times. Won six games. Talk about overachieving. Yeah. He's going to have to do what he did in 2014. Remember that year, they didn't have A.J. Green for a bit. Mm-hmm. Didn't have Vontaze Perfect most of the season. No Marvin Jones. No Tyler Eifert. They relied on the running game. Got to 10 runs in a tie. Back. Yeah. Rookie running back at the end of the year. That's what's going to have to happen. There's the formula. And Mixon is more talented than Hill ever was. But, but this but offensive line's not line, as good. The line's not. Right. By the way, speaking of the line, and you mentioned this in our pre-show, and we just get a, a couple minutes on this. Andy Dalton, 
there were two times when I think he was kind of, at least publicly, there, there was some clamoring for A.J. McCarron. Oh, clamoring. You and I talked about it. it I was, did at it, least. It was week three. Said play him. It, it, it was week four mm-hmm. against Cleveland when they mm-hmm. picked up their first win. We said if he played bad, it, we're doing this show then. If he played bad, it might be time because they'd be 0-4 or if he's still struggling against a bad Browns team. And then it was pre-Denver, going into the Denver game. If for some reason they lost or he didn't play well, well, then the season's a lost cause. You might as well go with A.J. McCarron. Mm -hmm. Past two games he showed up. Under Bill Lazor he showed up. I don't know if you have that stat that you gave me uh, during the pre-show, but Andy Dalton's been on fire. Last nine games. His completion percentage all is under Bill Lazor. all under Bill Lazor. Last nine games, uh, completion percentage is about 64%. Passer rating is 105. Touchdown to interception is 18 to 4. He's not, now I know he had the two fumbles against Tennessee, but still, he's not making mistakes. He's doing it behind an offensive line that, for the most part, has been garbage. A run game that, with the exception of yesterday, has been non existent. He hasn't had Tyler Eifert. He hasn't had John Ross. He hasn't had Tyler Boyd for a, a, a period uh, of that stretch. It's good to see him yesterday. It was good to see him yesterday. He made an impact. Those are good numbers. If I took his nine-game snapshot and said, you're going to have a quarterback who plays this well, I'm not going to tell you who he is, but here's the circumstances surrounding it. No line, no run game, uh, not all the weapons. Here's what he's going to do. 64%, rating 105 two touchdown passes a game, 18-4 to four TD, TD to interception ratio, you would sign up for that instantly. Mm-hmm. Instantly. That's what he's done. He's kept them afloat. Mm-hmm. Look, we, we beat him up and we, we crap on him for being blandy and he's whatever. And he, he deserves a lot of that. But last year, I thought, represented some of Andy's finest work. Because when they lost AJ and when they lost Gio and they didn't have Tyler Eitford for a couple of those games, those final six, seven weeks, the offense still functioned. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like they, you know, took, took you know, 12 steps back. They weren't prehistoric. They, the offense was functional. And I thought that was mainly um, attributable to Andy Dalton. Sure. He, and I feel the same way this year. They're not prolific. They struggle. Andy has his faults. He's made decisions in games that have made me want to kill myself. He's missed throws. That's been well you documented. You shouldn't throw it away on fourth down? Correct. But if you're just looking at the overall body of work the last nine weeks, he is a reason why the season is still on. That doesn't mean you have to love him. It doesn't mean the Bengals should give him a nine-year contract. That doesn't mean that if they lose the next two, we shouldn't see A.J. McCarron. Mm -hmm. Because I think the minute that you are eliminated, realistically, from the playoffs, you should go and see what you got on A.J. Mm -hmm. But at least let's be fair here. As we've beaten up on this guy, the last nine weeks, the body of work has been pretty good. By the way, worth pointing out, the Bengals are getting six and a half against Pittsburgh. Interesting. So that would be nine and a half. Otherwise, because home, it's it's a three point. I don't know, man. That's a lot of points at home. <sighs> six and a half. I, I I think I'd take them. I think I'd take the six and a half. That's what I'm saying. At home, I think I'd take the six and a half. Yeah. Look, these games we have always to talk about it. The, the, these games, it's not like Pittsburgh beat some forty four zip. No, they blew them out kind of the game where McCarron got injured. Since then, with a backup quarterback that comes down to the last play in the playoffs, mm-hmm. last year they lose by, what, eight? They lost the second game, I think, by ten. Mm-hmm. This year, 15 points, a game that was hanging in the balance midway through the fourth quarter. Like, these aren't blowout games. Yeah. So you're giving me six from a gambling perspective. No, do I think the Bengals win the game outright? Eh, have a hard time. You're giving me six and a half at home? I'd probably take the six and a half. Yeah. I, it would be hard not to, especially when one team is fighting for its life 
the other certainly playing for a one seed. But uh, hey, quick, let's let's do this on the oh. the playoff the playoff machine. You oh, want to do man. this? All right. Yeah. So so tonight you're wondering, well, who should I root for? You got the Texans and Ravens. All right, you root for the Texans. Well, yeah, you would think so, but let's oh, let's see what let's dare. see what the playoff machine says. Okay. Yeah. If the Texans win tonight, the Bengals' chances of making the postseason goes from eight percent to. Thirteen percent. Oh, all right. Go so, Houston. All right. If if the Ravens win tonight, the Bengals' chances uh, go from eight percent to twelve percent. Go Houston. That they still play Baltimore. So anyway, yeah, but you know what? They lose the tiebreaker to the Texans. Yeah. So you can't finish tied with them. I know. You can uh, maybe still finish tied with Baltimore. You beat them. And, and if yeah. if if Houston, yeah. I still, I said, I, just, I would need to look at Houston's schedule, but I just can't buy into Tom Savage. No, Baltimore's going to shut him out tonight. <laughs> Real quick, by they, the they, way, they've they've shut out opponents twice this year. They have a couple of shutouts. Baltimore, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I still don't think they're that good, and they're saying that about the Bengals. I don't think well. any of these teams are that good. No. None of them but are that by good. The way, real quick, since we're being nice to Blandy Dalton, Dan Hort tweeted Baltimore this out has yesterday. three shutouts. Jeez. Uh, he tweeted this out yesterday. They so have shutouts against oh Andy Dalton, goodness. Brett Hundley, and Jay Cutler. Can I be nice to Blandy? Please. The one time I want to be <laughs> nice to him, and you keep cutting me off. Sorry. So you remember when uh, Andy Dalton and the Bengals got their tail kicked in by the Browns in 2014? Andy had a 2.0 quarterback rating. I do. Thursday night. I was at that game. It was the most awful thing ever. Uh, anyway, since then, this courtesy of Dan Hoard, Dalton has led the Bengals to seven straight wins over the Browns, 15 touchdown passes, one interception, quarterback rating of 121.6. So if we can get the Browns on the schedule four times a year. Oh, dude. Playoffs. Then they're fine. Playoffs, easily. Every time. Yeah. Yep. Hey, Hugh, let's make that happen. By the way, now that the Browns are in the rearview mirror and the Bengals don't play them anymore, mm-hmm. are you going to try to invent ways to talk about them since I know how much you love talking about the Browns? Oh, dude, I was in a press conference five feet away from Hugh Jackson oh, yesterday. Oh, man. Hugh. I was like, hey, Hugh. Hugh. And then I asked him about the run game. Hey, did it surprise you that Joe Mixon ran like he did? Yes. I would say that was a he surprise said yes. for them. He was like, I did not expect I, that at I all. Would, I would imagine that if you're the Browns, you went into that game thinking, okay, we can at least not get run on. Mm-hmm. That was the most surprising thing. It was. But now you can't talk about Hugh anymore. Oh, man. And the Browns. That sucks. It does. Why? I love, I love Hugh Jackson. Why are we talking? Well, I don't understand. Because he can coach. He's not Maybe. a good head coach. Uh, we don't know that. He's Mo. Do, I'm do James. You know that he, do you know that he is a good head coach? So it went one in one in twenty oh, one in twenty six. You know what you are, You're right? A Hugh hater, HH. He's more like Hugh Dave Shula hater. than oh, Don Shula. Goodness, this is. We're gonna get into a little FC Cincinnati <laughs> and the latest news on him. If we survive this break, when we'll debate Hugh Jackson for five minutes Hugh! on Cincy three sixty. Sixty minutes, one topic, every angle, all local. This is Cincy three sixty segment three. On ESPN 1530, Cincinnati Sports Station. I'm James. He's Mo. This is Cincy 360 on ESPN 1530. Mo will be back at it at 303 with Tony Pike talking Browns, Bengals, and maybe a little Bearcats. How about the way they won that game? Uh, in the 130-plus his- oh year history of God. UC football, has the season ever ended on a missed PAT? I'm going to guess no. No, probably not. I, so it was like win. Oh, God, they scored on an untimed down. They're going to score the two-point conversion. And it's going to be awful. Oh, wait, penalty. Like, that's just what happens when bad teams. That's what – and I – so I wanted to mention this. So I I worked for the Browns yesterday. Traitor. 
worked for the Browns yesterday. One stunning. I, I Did you get I, a bunch of gear. I asked about no, but I, I give you Hugh Jackson T-shirt because yeah. you're like a Browns guy. No, I'm a Hugh Jackson guy. Oh, okay. Hey, I asked Hugh for an autograph. He laughed. No, I didn't. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally I was like, so should I be rooting for the team paying me, or should I be rooting for the team I've grown up rooting for? That was a legitimate. I was like, whoa. So I I, I knew what the outcome was going to be. So I just didn't really have a rooting interest during the game. Hmm. Think about it. What, what do I root for? The Bengals. Do I? Yeah. The Browns are. Did you get paid more if the Browns won? Did you get paid the same? I mean, the same. The Bengals. <laughs> you, just, you just don't. If, I, I mean, I wasn't clapping. If, I was in if, the radio booth. If so you're, if you're, if they, if they're like, hey, we'll we'll pay you five hundred bucks if the Browns win, but two fifty if if the Bengals. Well, then, I mean, dude, root for yourself. I get it. But, but if, if it's the same, if the money's the same, then why would you care? Okay. Yeah, I was just curious. I was wondering, like. What I should do because it's not like the Bengals pay me. In 1999, the last game ever at Synergy Field. Really quick story. 1999, the Browns, first year back, they play the Bengals, last game at Riverfront. And a guy came to me and said, hey, the Browns need someone to hold the parabolic microphone on the sideline. Are you interested? And I'm like, yeah, watch an NFL game from the sideline. I was like 22 years old. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. What's it it pay? It's like, oh, it's 100 bucks. So the weather was awful. So I'm like, that's cool. So they gave me instructions. So my heaviest coat at the time was my old school from high school Bengals starter jacket. And I had like a wool Bengals hat, my warmest weather gear. So I show up and I'm not like thinking, right? And I go tailgate with my dad before the game. And then I go into the radio booth, get my microphone so I can go stand. And I walk in with like all this Bengals gear on. And the producer looked at me. He's like, dude, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. So this guy takes me down to the old dumpy uh, visitor's locker room at Riverfront Stadium. Yeah. And I meet Carmen Policy. And we walk past Carmen Policy, who was like one of the dudes who helped build the 49ers. Mm-hmm. He was now running the Browns. I see Dwight Clark. And they give me a Browns coat. Did you get to keep it? Yeah. What? And I got rid of it. Man. I donated it. I should have. It was right before I, Christmas. I would have loved a little Nike hoodie or something from the. Br- I, I should have been. Yeah, I should have. Should have wore your. All, they're, 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 they're like you Bengals can't wear gear. your Bengals stuff. I'm like it's cold, and I'm wearing this. Like we'll get you some Browns gear, and I'm like. So my dad like looks down on me, and I saw him after the game. He's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like I was working for the Browns. I was rooting for the Bengals, but they gave me Browns gear. Dang, that's hilarious. Bengals won that day. Corey Dillon was awesome that day. I think they improved. That's to the maybe, only day he was good. Yeah, only. Day. I think they maybe improved to three and twelve. It sounds about right. Yeah. 99? 99. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. Yeah, it's, it was one of those things. I wore all black, a black with jeans. Uh, just a black button-up okay. and, and some right. jeans. Right. And, uh, See, I was out in the elements, and you were in the comfort of the radio booth. No, the windows are open, Mo. The, Again, I was, the, the, I was... The comfort. It's just as cold there. Okay. Okay. You know, it was actually <laughs> great yesterday. We it were was. in the shade, but well, it was great. The weather was fantastic yesterday. It was. Uh, he's Mo. I'm James. This is Cincy If I tell more stories about me uh, when I was younger, can, can, can that mean we kill the time that you want to devote to talking about the stadium? Well, we, we could talk about how much Black Friday shopping you did over the weekend. I'm sure you did a lot of that. I did absolutely I'm none. Sure, I'd rather no, talk about yeah, the stadium. Right. I See, did none. No, I'm sure you were You were at Walmart at midnight. Or no, no it, it closed at midnight. You were at Walmart at 5 a.m. in Old Navy. I was working at 5 a.m. On, on Black Friday. You work at Walmart? No, I was working. Second job. I was working on ESPN Radio making fun of Cincinnati local news. Were you really? Yeah. Why? About the black... Because they sent people out. Because they black- had this woman. I don't know who it was. <laughs> one of the TV stations, I think it was 12, had a woman at, like, Meyer. Yes. 
right? I saw that all over my Twitter feed. And Can she's she's standing in the vegetable section at Meyer, and it's like I get it. Meyer probably has a great vegetable section, but are the Black Friday shoppers going to be charging the vegetable section, or do you think maybe you should position yourself by the TVs? Two for one celery. Maybe. I mean, so yeah. I, I made fun of that on national radio. I don't blame you. That's funny. Why would you be in the vegetable section? I have no idea. That's crazy. And if I have the TV station wrong, my apologies. But one of the local, I looked up on the monitor, one of the local TV stations had a reporter standing there in the vegetable they aisle. They probably wanted to get the hell out of the way from all the rushing right. people fighting. Exactly. And so, is there anything more entertaining? You like fights. One, let's start. Black mm-hmm. Friday fights. Oh, they're the best. The most ridiculous thing ever. I couldn't imagine getting into a fight over a, a 49-inch Vizio. No, ever. First of all, I can't imagine getting up at that hour of the morning to go buy something. Mm-hmm. Second of all, those people who are out buying stuff, they're not buying it for other people. They're buying it for themselves. Yeah. And that, but that, that's your right. Second, and then finally, what are you doing fighting yeah. over materials? Sure. Fighting. Over, like, saving 30 bucks. Right. Even if it's 100 bucks. Like, is it worth getting... No, it's not worth going to jail him? for. No. There's no sale. There's no amount of money worth going to jail for. By the way, that, speaking of fights, did you see uh, Michael Crabtree and Aqib Tlaib go out? Fantastic. I, I like... There's been... Has there been more fights this year? There have been... Yeah. It's like there's been... Like the Mike Evans Like thing. legitimate fights. Yes. Not like just some pushing and shoving mm-hmm. between A.J. Green, Mike Evans, Aqib Tlaib, and Michael Crabtree just seems to rub everybody the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't think he's that good. Like, I don't think he's as good as those other guys. So, if he talks, and yeah, he punched Chris Harris in the stomach, yeah. apparently. Fake tough guy. By the way, a guy that? in the Browns got flagged for taunting yesterday. How do you taunt when you're 0-11? By the way. What are you saying when you're 0-11? Actually, I'll go ahead. The, the Browns radio booth, when it, it was, uh, oh, what was his name? It was number 11, I think. It was some receiver mm-hmm. who doesn't catch passes. He was like, that's the guy taunting? <laughs> it would have been like the equivalent of, like, Cody Core taunting. Cody Core doesn't have much of an impact. Josh Bryce Treggs, mm-hmm. that's who it was. I think he went to TCU. Like, I don't even know where Bryce Treggs came No from. one on the Browns should be taunting. No. But least of all, Bryce Treggs. Yeah. Reminded me of Greg Little. Oh. Remember? I hated Greg. Greg Little was a Brown, and then he came here, and he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick it to my old team. I'm going to shove it to the Browns. And he maybe barely played. Yeah. Oh, Greg Little. I got so mad when they picked him up. No one needs that. No one needs Greg Little. You defended it because it was like the sixth wide receiver, and who cares? Right. You know what's funny? Everyone cares about the Bengals' seventh wide receiver now. John Ross? Yeah. Nobody does. Even play. Nobody cares about him. Oh. I mean, honestly, I hate to say Everybody that. Everybody cares. Nobody cares right now. I mean. Everybody cares. First of all. I don't want to turn this into a John Ross. No, if he, hasn't, if he hasn't had an impact to this point, and now that they're about to play good teams with a lot on the line, do we really expect him? If you can't play him yesterday. If you're not going to play him against, I mean, I know Denver has good defense, good corners and everything. If you're not going to play him the last three, four weeks, realistically, are you going to play him against Pittsburgh? Are you going to run him out there against Minnesota? Are you going to run him out there? Now that there's something to play for, at least for the time being, are you, are you now going to go, okay, John, ride or die with you. Here we go. More screen passes to Brandon LaFell. Oh, joy. They're not. But, but look, <sighs> they're winning. They're winning without him. So they're not going to deviate from oh, they're healthy at the position now, comparatively speaking. Like, I don't like how they're using them. But if you're if, if you are clinging to this idea that uh, John Ross is going to have an impact in December, well, then you better hope that they're playing meaningless games because they're not even going to give him a chance. I held out for, for maybe a, a chance. Maybe he could get out on the field against the Browns. Obviously, that's not uh, the case. Real quick, before we finish up here, a couple minutes left on Cincy 360. I'm James. He's Mo. 
Let's get to it. News of the day as it continues to go down at City Hall. FC Cincinnati, the mayor, city council, reporters. It was a town hall meeting about FC Cincinnati in the stadium. It's happening right now. Oh, my oh. God. I don't, I don't even have a take on it. It's just, here's the one thing. Mm-hmm. It's clear that past stadium deals are affecting, affecting everyone's opinion. On Absolutely. It. Every single And I totally understand opinion. it. I do. It's just one they're up against the deadline. So if you're FC Cincinnati, make up your damn mind because you need to get an MLS. Like, if it costs them not getting in. So December 14th, mm-hmm. that's the date MLS meets uh, and, and might announce a decision. If they don't get into MLS that date, I, I, point at, I look at FC Cincinnati because they're the ones ultimately who had these sites, had the, the time, knew that it's not the county's problem. I just wonder now, and I don't know that we'll ever really know the answer to this. Two weeks ago, FC Cincinnati from out from nowhere calls this press conference. Yeah. And at the time, we're like, wow, they're putting a lot of pressure on the county and blah, blah, blah. It feels to me like that mm-hmm. has backfired. It feels to me like that's pissed people off. It feels to me like that's pissed off and what did we say politicians. Ah, that? oh, that's, that's going up a tree where right. they're going to respond by being annoyed. <laughs> and it, it feels to me like it's also pissed off a lot of the, the people who either don't care mm-hmm. or just simply don't want any kind of public money going to a stadium. Uh, I think having, uh, having Lindner get up there and talk about, well, hey, look, here's what my family's done, generations, and I'm paraphrasing them here, but you know, here's, here's what we've done, and so now I deserve this, which is how it came across, mm-hmm. intentionally or not. It just feels to me like from a public standpoint, from a political standpoint, like the way they handled that has has really upset people, has really upset the apple cart. And now it's such a political, pun intended, soccer ball. I've almost stopped caring. Like now I'm just interested in the outcome. Sure. And, And I know I struggle with it because for what we do for a living, we're supposed to follow it and I'm supposed to have an opinion. But honestly... I, I now just care about the outcome. It's I'm not I'm not interested in how the sausage is made. And and the main reason is is because I feel like at the end of all this, city council, the county, the Oakley Oakley Town Commission, all these entities meet at the end of the day, FC Cincinnati wants to join Major League Soccer. They want the stadium in Oakley. Okay, you're gonna have to pay for everything. Mm-hmm. If you want these things badly enough, once we do the song and dance with the county and the city and everybody else, at the end of the day, if you want these things bad enough, you'll go into your pocket and you'll pay for them. It's, it's very simple. we got like 30 seconds. Do you want an MLS or do you not? Right. Because if you keep dragging your feet, you're not going to get in, and it's just going to look really bad. And for the first time in their short two-and-a-half-year existence or two-year existence, you'll be like, wow, they botched that. And it kind of feels like that's what's happened. It feels like it might happen. It, it, it feels like this. I just wonder how, and I said this two weeks ago, I wonder how all of this plays in the offices of Major League Soccer. As they watch this from afar, I wonder if they're watching Cincinnati going, what are they doing there? Just get a deal done. He's Mo. I'm James. That's going to do it for Cincy 360. Mo back at it with a Monday Marvin press conference. Oh, boy. 303. Yeah. You're listening to ESPN 1530. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.